This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. The 2021 Atlantic hurricane season has officially begun, but like we've seen in recent years, there have already been a few minor threats on the record book. This is the time of year we remind everyone to finalize your emergency plans and we hope you keep those plans together year round. The recent severe weather this spring is a reminder that flooding and other forms of damaging weather can happen any time in Louisiana and across this region of the country. Coming up, we will speak with Colin Arnold, Director of the New Orleans Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or NOSEP. He will discuss his office's stance this season, and we will discuss some of the technology available to keep people in the New Orleans region informed and prepared. Before we move on to our interview, we like to start each episode with an emergency preparedness tip. Several regions of the state are still recovering from heavy rains and flooding in May, just a few weeks ago. This preparedness tip is a little different. If you are still in the recovery process, we want to remind you about some of the steps you may need to take. Louisiana homeowners and renters affected by the May severe storms, tornadoes, and flooding who live in parishes that have been recently designated for individual assistance could be eligible for help from FEMA. The parishes are Ascension, Calcasieu, East Baton Rouge, Iberville, and Lafayette. That's Ascension, Calcasieu, East Baton Rouge, Iberville, and Lafayette. More parishes may be added at some point, but that's the initial uh, approval at this point. If you have homeowners or renters insurance, you should file a claim as soon as possible. And please remember, by law, FEMA cannot duplicate benefits for losses covered by insurance. If your policy does not cover all of your damage expenses, then you may be eligible for federal assistance. The fastest and easiest way to apply is by visiting disasterassistance.gov. That's disasterassistance.gov. If it's not possible to register online, you can always call 1-800-621-3362. That's 1-800-621-FEMA. The toll-free telephone lines operate from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. seven days a week. When you apply for assistance, have the following information readily available. This is why we here at GOSEP recommend adding copies of your important documents to your emergency kit or to keep them in a safe place. You'll need a current phone number where you can be contacted, your address at the time of the disaster and the address where you are now staying, your social security number if available, a general list of damage and losses, and if insured, the policy number or the agent and or the company name. Remember, if it's safe to do so, start cleaning up now, take photos to document damage, and begin cleanup and repairs to prevent further damage. Remember to keep receipts from all purchases related to the cleanup and repair. Disaster assistance may include financial help with temporary lodging and home repairs, along with other programs to assist families recovering from the effects of the event. U.S. Small Business Administration, or SBA, low-interest disaster loans are available for homeowners, renters, businesses of any size, and nonprofits. Like FEMA, SBA cannot duplicate benefits for losses covered by insurance. 
Businesses and residents can apply online at sba.gov. That's sba.gov. For questions and assistance completing an application, you can call 1-800-659-2955. That's 800-659-2955. That's today's preparedness tip. Moving on to our interview, Colin Arnold is the director of the New Orleans Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. Colin, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Really appreciate it. So we are officially in the 2021 hurricane season. We did have a couple of little threats that kind of popped up actually before the season started. Uh, as you take a look at, at your region and, and things with the city and the parish, what where's your stance now? How are things looking as far as New Orleans is concerned? Yeah, well, we certainly we've looked over the last couple of years and seen exactly what you just mentioned that, uh, you know, subtropical events occurring prior to June 1st. And I believe that the National Weather Service and World Meteorological Organizations and these have kind of come around to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we certainly the month of May is in play for uh, tropical events. And and so we, you know, under the mayor's leadership, we determined this year that we would follow the lead of the National Hurricane Center uh, when they decided to start actually doing their tropical outlooks on May 15th. And we kind of moved our timeline up with all of our yearly kind of preparations and checks that we do to be ready for hurricane season for June 1st. And we had all of those done prior to May 15th. And that was something the mayor was really committed to. And and we were obviously fully in support of. So a lot of that involves a lot of our um, you know, site inspections we do for, you know, the potential if we have to house first responders in, in uh, refuge areas, uh, safe, basically safe places around the city that uh, they can ride out the hurricane and then respond. And then also all of our preparations with the city assisted evacuation. We do a senior leadership training event that is a day long exercise uh, with all of our city leadership, including the mayor. And that's a full eight hours that uh, everyone participates in. And then we also typically do some sort of exercise of uh, an aspect of hurricane season that maybe we haven't done. Uh, You know, we try to vary it every year. And then uh, we also do a full mayor's briefing with uh, all of our stakeholders from the local level here, our city departments, other local agencies, uh, state agencies like GoSEP yourself, and then our federal partners. And so we just kind of give a good rundown of where we are at uh, prior to the hurricane season starting. So we think we're in a good place right now. We're, we're ready to go. And we're obviously looking at predictions that uh, are for an above average hurricane season. Hopefully nothing like what we all experienced here in Louisiana last year, um, but obviously always looking uh, on the horizon towards Uh, those types of events or uh, storms that could come our way. Well, it's great to see things in the city and and in the state, for for that matter, start to kind of reopen. We know New Orleans is so important when it comes to tourism and conventions and just uh, so so many different things. Um, Have you had to still modify some things based on on the conditions right now and and how difficult has that process been well it hasn't been difficult because we did it last year and certainly last year i think for for all of hurricane season into the fall we were in a a much uh, a more, more precarious place with covid-19 um, we have turned a corner i believe uh, you know and we are still 
approaching this hurricane season or in this hurricane season under the threat also of pandemic uh, reduced as it may be. Um, so we're continuing to um, go with some of those changes that we made last year, uh, you know, particularly related to our city assisted evacuation. You know, we will social distance to the greatest extent possible for those people who have no other way of getting out of town. If we do call for a mandatory evacuation in the face of a major hurricane, category four, category five, that may impact the city. And we'll, you know, provide a 95 masks to all people that are, um, uh, you know, coming on board uh, or, you know, entering into that process. And, you know, what we are messaging uh, clearly and we what, what we want to continue to message is that a, a number one, uh, a, a number one preparation that the public can do this year for hurricane season is to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. We think that that's going to be a big part of making any type of storm situation, whether it be a lower level storm where we're sheltering in place or a higher level storm where we have to call for a mandatory evacuation, it's going to make uh, the public much safer. You know, in Louisiana, we're doing a good job. Uh, People may have to travel out of the area. uh, And that's just an added level of protection that you can provide for yourselves, for your family members and your friends and neighbors is encouraging them to get vaccinated as part of their regular yearly preparations that all of us Louisianans know so well, especially in Southern Louisiana, where we have to deal with uh, the threat of hurricanes from June through November. Well, and one thing we should point out, uh, last year with the hurricanes, uh, especially impacting the Lake Charles area with Laura and Delta, New Orleans did a phenomenal job in helping uh, house evacuees and, and people that needed you know, a safe uh, space to stay, basically, after after those hurricanes. They uh, were actually taken to New Orleans. If there was a silver lining with COVID, there was a lot of hotel space available uh, for non-congregate sheltering operations. And uh, and you guys, along with our state agencies, kind of helped coordinate all that. And it was really remarkable. We're talking about upwards of, you know, 15,000, 16,000 people uh, between the two storms. And the fact that you guys faced the threat from Zeta, while all that was going on, you know, later in the season. So uh, hats off to everybody involved in that. And uh, we really, uh, a lot of people deserve a pat on the back for being able to pull uh, those operations off like that. Um, as we take a look at 2021. Can I know, say something about that? Sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I just want to say that, you know, I really have to give credit to the state of Louisiana to go set to uh, the Uh, Department of Children and Family Services, Louisiana Department of Health, and all the partners that made that possible, because we did have, you know, several thousand, like you said, 15, 16,000 people sheltered in New Orleans in in, at one point, 40 different hotel properties. And, and it did work. And look, not saying that there wasn't a whole lot of moving parts. But I think uh, what I try to remind people of is that, you know, New Orleans was under the, you know, the cone of uncertainty of for eight storms last year, which is, you know, by all accounts unprecedented. Uh, and there was a lot of different records broken in, in ways that we don't like to see. Mm-hmm. But what I remind people of here is that once that storm tracks another direction, you know, there's a whole other area of this state uh, and our neighbors in Lake Charles and, and in southwest Louisiana, we certainly our hearts go out to them. We've been there before. They are there now and and 
doing their best to recover from a, a very powerful storm. And to the to the state's credit, you know, once we're out of the cone of uncertainty, there is a, 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 a sigh of relief to a certain extent, and there's a, a chance to catch your breath before the next one. State doesn't have that luxury, you know, and I know several calls with the state where we would be getting off the line with them, all of our southeastern parishes, and they're going to, and right after that call, they pick up another call and talk to Southwest, mm-hmm. talk to Central Louisiana, North Louisiana. I mean, the work never stops. And so I think there's a lot of a credit due to um, the state having a very, very busy year. And by the way, pandemic throughout the yeah. entire thing as well, which, you know, the support we receive from the state and, you know, uh, from the Louisiana National Guard to this day, I, I have guard, uh, air guard members in my warehouse helping us with PPE. I mean, it's just been a, a, an incredible partnership, and mm-hmm. we we could not do this without you. Without well, it, it takes so. a team effort. You know, the Red Cross was instrumental. Totally. FEMA, yep. FEMA helped us out. Uh, you know, approving a lot of these plans as as we kind of went along and. And again, like you said, it's it's not something we've ever faced before, and uh, trying to figure all that out was definitely a, a lot of a lot well, of stressful and, moments. But we and that was to something. Yeah, that was something the mayor was really clear with me about, and we were able to mobilize a, a reception center for the Laura Delta evacuees at the convention center, and, and credit to them as well. Um, and we were able to avail them of a lot of different, you know, health, uh, both physical and mental health services. Uh, Some of the disaster assistance with FEMA was available there. Um, We were able to do COVID testing at the time. Uh, You know, this was pre-vaccine, obviously. We were able to offer that, you know, through the National Guard and through some of our healthcare providers. We were able to do prescriptions and then just through NOLA Ready and our team there, just a huge mobilization of volunteer groups and donations. And again, state stepped in and helped us with the volunteer uh, or the uh, donation coordination, which, you know, can be kind of the second wave of the disaster. Mm -hmm. Good hearted people donating a lot of stuff at one time and and coordinating that. And I think we were able to do a lot of good. And the mayor was really clear she wanted that to run because we wanted to treat everyone who is coming here in such a terrible circumstance as family, you know, because really we understand, we get it. And, and so that was really, even our, 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 our trans, our transit service, RTA here did free um, bus uh, lift from all of the hotels down to the convention center. So just, it really turned out to be a great thing that we ran for uh, a little over a month, I believe, and, and just a really great uh, opportunity to to help those folks when they were really in need. That second wave of people that came in post-storm, um, they had the, the basically the shirts on their back. They'd yep. lost everything. Yep. And, and so it was just crucial. So sorry I went off a little no, bit no, on no. there, but I just wanted to say that it's big. You know, there was a big... Um, that was a big win for everybody, I think, and I, you know, I hope that it helped. And and so you reminded me of something we're also trying to stress in in public appearances going into the the hurricane season. Uh, you know, last year was kind of kind of an extraordinary year, but it looks like the way things are trending now, we could be going more back into typical. Uh, shelter and evacuation type options like we've seen in the past. So. Uh, it's important for the public to understand that while hotel space was utilized, you know, with Laura and Delta and the evacuees from that area, that still was coordinated through the parish. 
So it's important for us to, to remind the public that, uh, you know, free hotel space or those type things uh, may not be an option this year. There's really no programs outside of those COVID um you know, uh, exemptions that were kind of given that kind of allows for that. So it's kind of important for people to go back and looking at their evacuation plans and being in touch with their parishes, you know, to find out what options are there. So I'm, I'm glad you brought those things up. Yes, absolutely. So um, again, going into 2021, we know you guys have been very uh, proactive on outreach and, and finding new ways to teach the public, not only for, for New Orleans or Orleans Parish, but also for the whole region. Tell us this year, what, what resources do you have available? What uh, topics are you kind of hitting on the most? And, and what's the biggest message for the public? Well, certainly what I mentioned is, uh, you know, we're really hitting on vaccination hard as part of your, your hurricane checklist of preparing for the season. You know, get get vaccinated and it's going to make things, you know, just safer in general. And one less thing that during a stressful time, uh, which either way, if there's a hurricane coming this way, low level, high level, tropical storm, you know, it's going to be stressful. There's going to be a lot of things in play. There's going to be uncertainty. And there's there's one step that you can take to at least reduce the risk um, that you have uh, that's that is in your control that is that, that is completely something you can do to take it off of the plate if you will uh, as far as hurricane season another thing we've done is you know my, my nola ready team i can't talk enough about them uh just constantly coming up with with new ways of doing things and just outreach is we're really drilling down uh, with our city assisted evacuation into uh, those with disabilities and, and challenges uh, towards, you know, just being able to get in and utilize that process. And so we've, we have some great uh, uh, interns working with us so with, through the AmeriCorps VISTA program that have been just doing a lot of work out in the community, trying to assess and better prepare us for both, you know, uh, any type of phys- physical challenges that people may have, and then also language uh, challenges. You know, we're, we're really looking at how we use translation services. Our our Spanish-speaking population in the city has increased uh, quite a bit since Katrina over the last decade, uh, and so we're really, you know, we've learned a lot from COVID. You know, some of these silver linings is, you know, um, ha- how we're able to use uh, volunteers. Uh, it's totally, we've totally revamped our volunteer system. We've got over a thousand trained volunteers and 4,000 in the pipeline right now. And that's another lesson or another side of COVID that really people just started coming out and wanting to help. And so now we're kind of taking those people that have helped us with COVID, with vaccine sites, testing sites, and everything else that we've been doing for the last year and transitioning them into getting in the hurricane mindset. And we found a lot of people that have really enjoyed helping us and volunteering with us through our NOLA Ready Volunteer Corps that are now saying, yeah, I want to help if there's a if, if there's a hurricane and you need my help, I'm, I'm here. So the utilization of volunteers is something that we just completely, um, you know, our buy-in is huge in this and, and just it's been um, – a game changer for us and and a force multiplier is what we like to call it where you know public safety is a finite resource you know your policemen uh, police officers firefighters and, and paramedics 
that you have so many and they have so many responsibilities and so many things to do where you can bring in someone who, look, they're not trained to be a first responder, but they can take a lot of that lift off of some of the more um, basic things that we need to get done with hurricane season, you know, going through our special needs registry and uh, talking to our people that may need more assistance getting to evacuate, uh, helping us at the evacuation sites, that uh, transportation sites that we need to set up, all of those things. So that's another huge part of the training we're doing. And then I would say the last thing is after about a decade of using uh, Everbridge uh, as our mass notification system, we, we did go ahead this year and switch to RAVE Mobile Safety, which is a, a new mass notification system to us. We just found their functionality and some of the um, uh, some of the functions that they're able to do is are uh, are going to suit us better in the future. Uh, we made that move and we're encouraging all of our residents and our visitors to uh, text uh, NOLA Ready one word NOLA Ready to seven seven two nine five. We've migrated all of our previous uh, services users to the new service. Um, but there's a lot more, I think people will find a lot more functionality and a lot more ability to commute for, to receive communications, uh, particularly crisis communications from us. Uh, and you can select really a la carte how uh, and when do you want to receive these notifications and also what type, whether you want to be notified of anything from COVID uh, vaccination site updates to hurricane and weather related information. You know, when we have heavy rains here, sometimes we have to suspend parking restrictions. We put that out through the, uh, the system. And we're even getting now down into um, street closures uh, for road work. There's a lot of infrastructure work going on in the city. So we're finding that this new system that we have is really, um, we've just scratched the surface on it and we're excited about the future and our ability to communicate through our notification system and through social media with the public. I think I think that's remarkable. You know, I'm a, I'm a Baton Rouge guy. I've never actually lived in New Orleans, but just seeing the technology when you talked about with those street flooding locations and just the the availability now between those type services and 511la.org with the uh, with DOTD, you know, you can really map out uh, a lot of things ahead of time and, and kind of know what you're uh, driving into sometimes. So that's that's great to see that technology used. Going back to that volunteerism, we cannot stress the importance of uh, that. And, and this is how... This is how things come full circle for us, because when we talk about preparedness, preparedness helps you stay safe. It helps your business stay safe, your family, you know, the whole bit. But it also allows you freedom. If you're prepared, you can actually go out and help, you know, more in some cases. So, uh, you know, it. Again, it all of this is so intertwined, and and whether you're helping out with the Cajun Navy or through the the um, resources you guys have set up or through Volunteer Louisiana, you know whatever you do, the more you're prepared, the less you have to worry about personally, and the more you can help out with others. And we stress all the time that you are the help until help arrives. You know, with some of these events, there's just not enough first responders and uh, others to go around sometimes. So. Uh, that's that's wonderful to see that you guys are are seeing that that program really grow. Yeah, and and Nola Ready really we've worked very closely with Volunteer Louisiana and uh, just a great organization, a great part of state government that has helped us a lot. They were also on the ground uh, as I mentioned 
uh, before with the Laura Delta um, Reception Center. And then also a lot of our hurricane uh preparations that we do from the volunteer side uh they've been involved in and it's that's another great partnership that we have yep and uh, you know on a much smaller level people can get together you know meet a few of your neighbors you know talk to them and, and absolutely there's there's so many things from a volunteer standpoint that that uh can be picked up and it's it's great to see so many people you know neighborhood facebook pages can be used you know to help out that's with some right. of those type things so it's pretty that's remarkable right. so um one of the things, and, and I don't know if we've really hit on this before, but, you know, I look at, at what you're putting out on Noel Ready all the time, and, and it's some wonderful information, but there's even uh, non-emergency type information on there. Like one of the things I noticed a couple of weeks ago was was about using green space and how to help, you know, with uh, almost like mitigation efforts, you know, around your home or around your neighborhood and that type thing. Could you tell us a little bit about the importance of that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, our hazard mitigation office is embedded in, in my office, uh, the, the Homeland Security Emergency Preparedness Office. And I have a staff here who works strictly, you know, similar to Ghost Steps mitigation side. You know, we they work strictly on those federal programs and resilience opportunities that are out there. Because what we have come to realize is that uh, in this city, you know, weather and in particular heavy rain uh, is a public safety issue. So it fits into our strategy here with the office of preparing people for, um, you know, things that may come their way that may have a negative effect, you know, and, and we've seen, you know, when we get these intense, intense rain showers that come through the city, we, we get street flooding and we get, you know, we have properties because of our geography um, that are se- severe repetitive loss. You know, they flood over and over. So there's a lot of outreach there to get out to people that are in those properties. We just received last week from FEMA another $11.6 million um, ele- um mitigation grant to elevate homes and we're going to be able to elevate 49 more homes 20 of those are um, historic properties and so you know the whole mitigation strategy fits into what we're trying to do to prepare our community and to make our community more resilient and that includes things that they can do on their property uh, you know from things like cleaning their catch basins out in front of their house and helping us out with that because there's thousands and thousands of catch basins in the city and you know the city does its best with vac trucks to go and clean those out especially the ones that are more seriously clogged or get clogged but if you can go out and just clean your own storm drain uh, from the leaves and things that get down into them that helps with our flooding issues that helps with our drainage Um, if you can get out there and secure your trash carts you know something as simple as that in in a in a thunderstorm or obviously in a hurricane type situation that's going to prevent debris more debris from getting into that system and and giving us problems and you know we have a part of uh our ready.nola.gov website that is ready for rain where you can enter your address and it will give you step-by-step instructions on your flood risk by property uh, based on fema maps and it will um, connect you with resources as far as flood insurance, which, you know, uh, we've talked about before. You can't understate the importance of flood insurance. And um, 
those types of things that the public can do that may on their face not seem like something that is a public safety emergency type situation, but is something that certainly can be and is something you can, you can do to prepare yourself for these things. All right. Well, we appreciate your time today. Uh, if you could give us a quick rundown, if if uh, someone's maybe new to the area and they're trying to find out what, you know, maybe services are available, you know, from an evacuation standpoint, uh, what's the best contact for that? And, and what would be some good social media accounts to check out? Yeah, without a doubt, ready.nola.gov. Everything I've talked about, it's our that's our preparedness website for the city of New Orleans. It's run by our NOLA Ready team. Uh, who we've mentioned several times in this, and then just the the great work that they do as far as community outreach, which has become a big part of our strategy, is informing the public. So ready.nola.gov has everything I've talked about. Again, you can text NOLA Ready to 77295. That's one word, NOLA Ready to 77295, and you'll you'll start getting text updates immediately. But again, if you go to ready.nola.gov, you can actually sign up for a profile and have those types of alerts delivered how you want them uh, and when you want them, which is great. And then uh, you can follow us always on social media at NOLA Ready, and we're on all the different platforms that uh, that, that people speak about as far as um, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, we, we have a TikTok channel. It hasn't been extremely successful, but it's <laughs> just not not really there yet as far as emergency preparedness well good but, because i'm not uh, sure what that is yet i know everybody's yeah. doing it but uh <laughs> i didn't i didn't either yeah <laughs> but, um but yeah certainly ready.nola.gov and i'd just say that if you're if you're in orleans parish and you're not maybe internet savvy and you don't really use computers and things like that you can call 311 from any phone line in orleans parish and all of these different services can we can we can get to you you know, they'll get us, they'll get your information to us, and we will reach out to you. As COVID kind of declines, we're, and, and fortunately, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, we're starting to see more and more requests for in-person hurricane preparedness uh, workshops and seminars and presentations. Mm-hmm. And we will speak to anyone, any day, anywhere about hurricane preparedness, whether you're a faith-based group, a church, whether you're a neighborhood organization, a business group, anybody who, uh, even other government agencies, we you know we help out mm-hmm. with anything about New Orleans and hurricane preparedness. We'll come and speak to you, and we'll even do it over Raver, uh, excuse me, over Zoom, uh, if if that's something you want to do right now while we're in COVID. We we do uh, certainly will do uh, conference calls as well. So. Um, that that's the best way to reach out. Right. Well, good deal. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we will have a less impactful hurricane season than we did last year, but, but we'll be ready to work with you guys. Uh, if that comes true. I hope when I speak to you again, it's about baseball. And not that's about, right. Um, <laughs> that's not right. About hurricanes, but we'll see. You bet. We were speaking with, uh, Colin Arnold, the director of the, uh, New Orleans office of Homeland security and emergency preparedness, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thanks Mike. Appreciate it. Moving on to our resource segment for this interview, when you have a moment, check out some of the changes we've made to the Get a Game Plan website at getagameplan.org. 
We've worked for the past several months to upgrade the site to make it more user-friendly with videos on a variety of subjects from hurricanes and severe weather to the ongoing vaccination efforts and other COVID-19 related topics. It's always a great resource for hurricane season as well to help you stock up on your emergency supply kits, to help you prepare your business for an emergency, and to help you finalize your emergency plans for your pets, something we hope everyone considers doing. Again, find this resource at getagameplan.org. That is today's resource tip. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We want to thank Colin Arnold, Director for NOSEP, for joining us today. And don't forget to check out the resources we mentioned today to help you and your business finalize your emergency plans. You can find out more at getagameplan.org. We also want to thank the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at DonateLifeLA.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. For more on the topics we talked about today, again, go to GetAGamePlan.org, and don't forget to follow GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode available next month. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.